The epistle reading this morning comes from 2 Thessalonians, verses 12 through 17. Listen now to a word from the Lord. But we must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and through belief in the truth. For this purpose, he called you through our proclamation of the good news so that you may obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. So then, brothers and sisters, stand firm and hold fast to the traditions that you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by our letter. Now may our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father who loved us and through grace gave us eternal comfort and good hope, comfort your hearts and strengthen them in every good work and word. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. With the prophet Haggai, and like the early Christian community in Thessalonica, God has gathered us for the transformative work of worship and life together. And I wonder today, if you wanted to share with someone a story about Idlewild, what details would you prioritize? Which story would you tell? Would it be a story full of disruptive details? Like when that man entered those doors in the middle of worship as Steve was giving the announcements and he raised his hands over his head and he said, Alleluia, 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 as he made his way down the aisle. And the elders followed him out and Virginia Dunaway met him at the door and he walked right on out into the street. Or maybe... Maybe you remember that time when there was a blind musician who came to help lead worship. And he brought in big black speakers that were stacked on top of one another. And as he played for worship at the end of worship, he encouraged us to leave with a Congo line out the center aisle. A dance to exit worship, to go out and serve in the world. Disruptive. Or maybe the story that you might remember is a story that reminds how things are constantly changing. Like even though the primary church entrance is now widely open on Evergreen through those great light doors, and that our church is accessible 
to all through those doors. That a few people might remember the details that when you enter the sanctuary by the Arbondale entrance, it takes precisely 16 steps to enter. And that once you have entered and once you had entered those 16 steps into the sanctuary, maybe you heard those voices practicing for choir coming from underneath the chancel. And maybe you remember that the closest bathrooms were the ones that are under the sanctuary stairs that lead to the basement. In these stories, I suspect that we have memories of the people who have shaped our lives in faith, the faithful folks who shaped the church through time. What did they know? What did they know about us? What did they hope for us? There was a time when men in morning coats took up the offering. Do you think they could have ever imagined that one day children would take up the offering with their parents? The prophet Haggai had the challenge of speaking a fresh word to a post-exilic people. Two decades had passed since they had returned from Babylon, and the people of Judah found themselves stuck in the transition between what had been and what was to be. Drought and famine were the norm, and they were immobilized. They had sown much, but harvested little. They ate, but never enough. They drank, but their thirst was never quenched. They were clothed, but never warm. They earned wages, which drained away. And they were stuck. The community's anxiety was high in that place. The vision or their vision of the kingdom of God seemed to have collapsed, flattened, and hope seemed like something out in the distance. They had been back in Jerusalem for a generation, and the Lord of Host Home, the temple, it still laid in ruins. The temple was not being rebuilt. And the Lord of hosts comes to the prophet and encourages the prophet and says, Speak now to this remnant, those who remember the earlier days of splendor. And Haggai, a messenger of God, speaks. And he says, Take courage. That courage is not an empty courage. But it is courage from God who reminds the people of a time when there was no temple when another generation had wandered in the wilderness and when there was a simple promise. I will be with you, howsoever. I will be with you. The promise to the people in wilderness was I am with you. And God, through Haggai, says, Work. Do not fear. I am with you. 
as a community of faith, God's simple reminder through Haggai to us at Idlewild is that I am with you. And our challenge as the church today, a church that is in transition, is the simple imperative, remember, work, I am with you, do not fear. And this work that we are called to do is the work of ministry, of being grown by our giving. The community to whom Paul wrote struggled with disturbances. Paul had heard that the people seemed to be stuck in a place of theological doubt. They were doubting about the end times. What happens when we die? Have they happened or have they not? Because others who had followed Paul told a different story. They tempted the Christians with a different narrative. It was negative. It was whispering around the edges. You really don't know what it means. The persecutions of Christians was real in this era and created a general instability in the community. And things seemed very shaky. The historian Tacitus, writing at this time, described this particular year at the time when this letter was written as a time filled with earthquakes. So the literal world was shaking. But that shaking of the earth also translated into the shaking of the church. Much felt unsettled, which led to that whispering around the edges, that yammering that ate away at the hope of the people of God. And Paul said to these people in his letter, stand firm and hold fast because God has chosen you as first fruits. In Christ, God gave us comfort and a good hope. Share that. Share that comfort. Share that good hope with your good works and your good words. And I will reveal the splendor. As a community of faith, God's reminder to us through the community to which Paul first wrote is to be about good works and good words in Christ's name, to stand firm and to hold fast. This morning is our Stewardship Dedication Sunday a Sunday when we bring our pledges forward, or some of you have already made your pledges, for which we are grateful. A pledge is a promise and a vow. And by making a pledge, we commit ourselves to the work of Christ with our money, with our time, and with the gifts that God has given us. And when we commit to make a pledge, it is like those in Haggai who commit to work to rebuild the temple, trusting that like in earlier days, God will be present and God is present and the splendor of God will be known. When we commit to make a pledge, it is like those who heard Paul's letter, who are willing to stand firm and to hold fast to the comfort that we have in Christ Jesus and God's good grace because we trust 
that God has chosen us as first fruits. Looking across a classroom in the Jones building long before the renovation, there were two women who sat in those itty-bitty wooden ladder-back chairs. We were adults who were gathered for teaching, teacher training in that classroom. But it was obvious that these women had influence. The way they laughed, the way they carried joy, the way that they were present in that room with all those volunteers. And when the leader began, she asked us, why are you here on a Saturday to be trained to teach? Why are you here? And after a quick glance, they answered together like they were reading from a script. Because we keep answering, we will, to that baptism question. We keep answering, we will, to that baptism question. For everyone whom God has gathered today, someone has answered, we will, for you for us. That question is simple, and we've answered it today for Luke. Do you, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ, promise to guide and nurture this child by word and deed, with love and prayer, praying for his parents and encouraging this child to know Jesus Christ? Will you do this? We answer, we will. And because we keep answering, we will. With the ancient and with the new. Whether we feel stuck or as if we are in some famine of sorts or in some place of doubt, what we can do is that we can trust and we can make our pledge trusting that God will be with us howsoever God is present as he has been through time. And we will answer with good works and good words, saying, we will. To God be the glory as we grow by giving. Amen.